This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. It is the Subway to Shea podcast. Anthony Rivera here with you talking about all the news and happening surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. Episode 92 from the Subway to Shea studios in my office. We're ready to go, ready to talk. First off, huge thanks to John Sapanaro, co-host of Till Mets Do His Part, for being a part of back-to-back episodes in episode 91, episode 90. We covered so much that we had to break it into two. I enjoyed it, and I hope you did as well. We recorded it last Thursday, and since then, it's been a wild week, culminating with the winter meetings, and what a winter meetings. It was a complete roller coaster ride that kind of started on Friday. The pre-meeting. They didn't even get to the meeting. Jacob deGrom shocks New York and leaves for the Texas Rangers. deGrom signs with the Texas Rangers a five-year, $185 million deal on Friday. I got to tell you, I was at work when I found this out. Someone sent the tweet out, and I was frustrated because not only did we lose Jacob deGrom, you know, the what was supposed to be the legacy met, the franchise met in the vein of what David Wright was and obviously what Tom Seaver should have been, but whenever you talk about Jacob deGrom, you always talk about Tom Seaver and you talk about Doc Gooden and their place in history. And Jacob deGrom was our generation's Tom Seaver. Obviously, he's not what Tom Seaver was or will ever be. But for us, for this Mets generation, he was that guy. And to have him leave was rough. But I will say this. I prefer what he did rather than what happened with the Aaron Judge situation between the Giants and the Yankees. DeGrom was quick. It, you know, it, it just happened and it was done with. I got to thank some people too because, you know, I posted a couple of TikToks. One I posted before DeGrom signed, All I Want for Christmas is You, and uh, that got a lot of likes, got, got a lot of views. But then we did one post DeGrom leaving, and it was me taking down this Christmas ornament that I bought of Jacob DeGrom because that's the new ornament this year. They always do some sports figure, whether football, baseball. This year's baseball figure was Jacob DeGrom. So I said, let me get this. And lo and behold, he signs with the Texas Rangers. So we made a TikTok, and I got to pull it up on my phone right here. It was a TikTok of a sound. It was just a crying sound, someone crying. And it was me taking off the ornament and putting it away, putting it back in its box to bring back to the store. 48.2 thousand views on that Jacob deGrom piece. So I can't thank you guys enough. If you're not following me on TikTok, please do so. At Subway to Shea. Instagram at Subway to Shea, and obviously Twitter at Subway to Shea as well. Well, who is to blame for Jacob deGrom not returning? Is it him? Is it the Mets? Well, I'm here to say it's no one. The Mets offered Jacob deGrom three years, $120 million, more AAV than the Rangers deal. 
but the Rangers gave him the extra years. Now, Jake, he just wanted to move on for him, for his family. They took the money, and that's fine. I wish his press conference was a little better that took place on Thursday. Some of his comments from here that I took away, he goes, We were in contact with the Mets. The Rangers did a great job of constant communication and making me feel like they really wanted me here. The vision was the same. Build something great and win year in and year out. Hearing the vision of what the Rangers want to do, bringing a World Series here is the goal. Well, I I know that that's the goal of every team every year. Here's the problem. The Mets just came off winning 101 games and going to the postseason. Albeit short, you don't think their goal is to win the World Series? We got the Rangers winning, what, 68 games last year? And then he goes on to talk, because I didn't really care about the whole Texas stuff. I wanted to know how he was going to address the fans. And he says, there will always be a special place in my heart for the Mets and their fans. And that was pretty much it. I mean, obviously, there's a whole bunch of Texas press there, a whole bunch of guys for the Rangers in the media. But really, I think it was Tim Tim Healy may have been one of the only Met guys out there. I don't know how many questions. They only got one question out there, and he really didn't cover the Mets as much. Now, I know he doesn't have social media, but I, I just wanted more from him for the fans. It just felt so generic. I know he's a simple man, like the song, but even Noah Syndergaard kind of created a video thanking the fans. Maybe they could have got that out some way. Maybe his agents could have got that out somehow. So it just feels, I guess, just simple, right? He's a simple man. It just felt simple. I, I After all of the support that Met fans gave him throughout the years, when this team was terrible, they always backed Jacob deGrom. When they couldn't hit for him, Jacob deGrom could do no wrong. When he came back, the standing ovation, everything. And it just stunk the way that this ended. You know, I know a lot of Mets fans kind of felt numb, never thought that this would happen. I never thought that this would happen. Now, I'm not happy he's gone. It left me numb for a day, but it's time to move on. Jake has moved on, and so will us Mets fans. Now, we look at Jacob deGrom's stats and his career as a New York Met. Well, last season, 5-4, and 3-point. 08 ERA in 11 games. Obviously, will people keep bringing up that game against the Braves and the Athletics? He had that two really bad games there, but he came back during the postseason, had the only win for the Mets. I was at that game. It was electric, and I, I never thought that that would be the last time that I saw Jacob deGrom pitch for the Mets, and lo and behold, it was. But in 209 games, Started as a New York Met. He's 82 and 57 with a 2.52 ERA, 1,607 strikeouts, a whip of .998. He was everything for this team. I'm surprised that he didn't. Well, I'm not surprised because the Mets' offense was always terrible, but he should at least have had 100 games won, but only 82. And um, it's sad to see him go. But like I said, he's moved on and we will move on as well. And the Mets moved on real quick, right? They Mets went on to sign Justin Verlander on Monday. Two years, $86.6 million deal. My initial reaction, obviously I was still upset over the whole DeGrom thing. And I had a lot of concerns. Now I know Justin Verlander has three Cy Youngs. He has two world championships, but He's 39 years old. When this contract ends, he will be 41, 42 years old. And I would feel a lot different if the Mets didn't have Max Scherzer. If this was last year and we got Justin Verlander, fine. But now you have two guys that are getting up there in age that are in charge of this rotation. 
and we saw Max Scherzer kind of break down a little bit last season. Now, obviously, it could not happen. It might not happen again, or it could happen again. We don't know, right? It's just a, a game of luck. Hopefully, both of them stay healthy. But you have to be concerned a little bit. As excited you are to bring in a Cy Young Award winner three times, and to bring in a guy who's got two championships. Obviously, that's awesome. A Hall of Fame career, a Hall of Fame guy. As exciting as that is, there is got to be something in the back of your mind a little concerned. But I'm going to support him as long as he has the blue and orange on. You got to. And hopefully, he has a great year coming. We look at what Justin Verlander did last year, 18-4 and with a 1.75 ERA in 28 games started, 175 innings pitched. He had 185 strikeouts for his career, 244 wins. So hopefully he gets to 250 with the Mets. He's got 133 losses, a 3.24 ERA, and 482 games started. 3,198 strikeouts. Sarah Lang tweeted this out, and I thought this was very interesting. Sarah Lang goes, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer would be the third duo of three-plus Cy Young winners to pitch for the same team in the same year, joining 2021 Dodgers Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw, 1986 White Sox Steve Carlton and Tom Seaver, but Carlton and Seaver were never on the same roster at the same time. So hopefully we don't get that version, the 1986 version, where and that's a part of my concern, these guys being healthy. Hopefully the Mets get somewhat of what this 2021 thing was, and I know that Max came midway through the year, but hopefully they can stay healthy because those two are going to be a key cog in getting to the postseason and pitching in the postseason. That's important as well. So you need both of those guys healthy. The Mets didn't stop there. On Thursday, they signed Jose Quintana, two years, 26 mil, will most likely be in the rotation to replace Taiwan Walker in that five hole, that five slot, if they can get another starting pitcher which they are still looking at as of this recording right now. Why did they go and get Jose Quintana? Well, Taiwan Walker, which I don't know if they had any interest in. They really didn't seem to be any kind of communication on that. But Taiwan Walker signed with the Philadelphia Phillies four years, uh, $72 million. You look at Taiwan Walker's career with the Mets, two two years, uh, 59 starts, 19 and 16 with a 3.98 ERA. Last season, 12 and 5, 3.49 ERA, 132 strikeouts in 157 and a thirds innings pitch, the second most on the staff right behind Chris Bassett. Jose Quintana stats. In 2022, 6 and 7 with a 2.93 ERA and 137 strikeouts in 165 and two thirds innings pitch. And that was between the Pittsburgh Pirates and St. Louis because he got traded to St. Louis. He got the pitch in the postseason in game one against the Phillies for a career 89 and 87 with a 3.75 ERA, 1,532 strikeouts in 289 starts. Against right handed batters, he has a 262 batting average against they have against him. Left handed batters have a 243 batting average against him. Much needed left in the rotation after not having won most of last season, right? Because DeGrom righty, Scherzer righty, Trevor Williams who spot started righty, Bassett righty, Carrasco righty, Taiwan Walker righty, and every so often you get a spot start from David Peterson who did an admirable job. He's really going to boost this rotation and is 
going to be very, very important and a very good deal if they can sign another pitcher and move him to the fifth spot in that rotation. Now, speaking of lefties, the Mets got a lefty for the bullpen. Yes, 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 you've heard that right. The Mets have gotten a left-handed reliever for the bullpen. Hallelujah. The Mets trade for Brooks Raley, the trade in exchange for Keyshawn Askew. You look at Brooks Raley's stats, and uh, in 2022, he was 1-2 with a 2.68 ERA. His career, 4-8 with a 4.64 ERA. But what's most important is the splits. And I'm going to pull those up for you career-wise. His splits against the right-handed batters and against the left-handed batters, against righties, he has a they have a 256 batting average, but against lefties, 171 batting average. Very important. We need a guy who can take care of lefties, something that was a big struggle after Aaron Loop left in the offseason of 2021. We had Joely Rodriguez, who was not great. He was either good or terrible. Chase and Shreve didn't make it past the whole season. The Mets never went to get a bullpen piece during the trade deadline, so they really struggled. They had to use their right-handed pitchers to try to get some of these lefties out, and it was a struggle. So I don't know if this takes them out of the running for Andrew Chafin. It might, but they at least have a lefty in Brooks Raley who can get lefties out. Now you look at Keyshawn Askew and what he's done in the minor leagues, and um, he was... 5-0 and with a 2.44 ERA in 2022. 2021, he was 2-0 with a 1 ERA. And this is between 22 games. So I don't know what he's going to bring to the table. He's also a lefty, and I saw some of his pitches, you know, throwing sidearm. He could be possibly someone who comes up in the bullpen for the Tampa Bay Rays soon. But the Mets needed someone now. They needed that bullpen piece now, and they did through the trade. Let's see how it works out. I got to hand it out to Rising Apple. You know, I, first off, I write for Rising Apple, but they got a lot of great articles. If you're not reading any articles from Rising Apple, please do so. RisingApple.com. Now, this article right here kind of broke down three stats that prove the Mets were right to trade for reliever Brooks Raley, and that was by John Flynn. So please check out that article on RisingApple.com. Since 2020, Newly acquired Mets pitcher Brooks Raley has posted an outstanding 4.14 strikeout-to-walk ratio, well above the league average of 2.68. That's almost two points higher. He's also posted a 155 batting average against lefties last season. We Remember, we talked about the 171 for his career, 155 last season. And then Brooks Raley is one of the best pitchers in yielding soft contact in baseball as his average exit velocity against is 84.5 since 2020. So get a check out of that article. Three stats that prove the Mets were right to trade for reliever Brooks Raley from uh, the author John Flynn on RisingApple.com. Speaking of Rising Apple, did you read my article in October talking about other MLB teams needing to fear Steve Cohen? If Jacob DeGrime signs elsewhere, just like last year when Steven Matt's agents screwed them. Remember that? Well, that comes to Thursday. And after sitting through the depressing DeGrom presser, Uncle Stevie decided to strike again. Brandon Nimmo is returning. Eight years, $162 million. You look at what he's done throughout his career. He's only had two kind of full seasons for himself. 
2018, he played 140 games. 2022, 151. Obviously, 2016, he came up only 32 games. 2017, 69 games. 2019, 69 games. 2020, 55 games. But don't be alarmed with 2020 because, right, it was a 60-game season, so he really kind of played a full season in 2020. 2021 only played in 92 games, a career 269 hitter, 63 home runs, 213 RBIs, and 23 stolen bases. Last season, he had 16 home runs, 64 RBIs, only three stolen bases, and a 274 batting average, but an on-base percentage of 367, a career on-base percentage of 385, OPS of 800. Let's see if he can keep improving on his career. He wants to be here. You know, the comments he made in the post-game presser after the catch. Remember that catch against the Dodgers when uh, Jacob deGrom was on the mound? The emotion of the catch and how he addressed the fans. You just kind of knew that he wanted to be here. And this was a mood they had to make. I know it. the contract doesn't sound right for a guy like Brandon Nimmo. But the price is high on almost every contract. The ball has been raised. Look at Aaron Judge's contract. Look at Xander Bogart's contract. Look at Trey Turner's contract. And if you look at Brandon Nimmo's contract, only an eight-year deal, taking him to age 37, whereas other deals will be into their 40s. And there wasn't much in quality after Brandon Nimmo in the outfield. Obviously, Aaron Judge was the number one get, but the Mets weren't going to pay that price because they would have probably screwed themselves into getting other people, not being able to get after other people. There's a lot of second and third tier players out there who don't provide what he provides. A lot of reclamation projects. You look at some of these outfielders that are out there. Joey Gallo, who's probably going to get a deal with the shift being taken away. Andrew Benatendi would have probably been the next in line. Right, You got Adam Duvall, A.J. Pollock. You're looking at David Peralta, uh, Jock Peterson, who who's staying with the Giants. Uh, Jerickson Profar, Tommy, uh, I think Tommy Pham. I don't know if he got re-signed. But you know, some of these, these players, they're not there. And center fielders, Kevin Kiermaier, great defensive player, but he doesn't provide the offense. And the Mets do need some sense of offense on that team. They can't just go in there after letting a, a Brandon Nimmo type player go. And people will complain about the kind of offense he provides, but he's a table setter. He gets on base. You're supposed to score him. And if we had a couple of players in the 7, 8, and 9 hole that actually got hits, he'd probably be an RBI guy as well. So this deal had to be made. I'm so glad that he is back and glad he has the opportunity to be a forever Met. A legacy met. We talked about it with Jacob DeGrom. We were hoping that Jake wanted that role, and he didn't want it. But Brandon Nimmo does. And I guarantee you, he will get a huge standing ovation on opening day for sticking with the Mets. Following the signing, I didn't even get done tweeting the Nimmo deal, and the Mets improved their bullpen, getting a setup man we've wanted during the entire trade deadline and that is David Robertson. He signs with the Mets one year, $10 million. Will probably set up for Edwin Diaz and spot close sometimes like Adam Adovino did. Maybe he's a replacement for Adam Adovino. Or maybe the Mets can try to find a way to bring Adam Adovino back. Who's looking for multiple years. That might be a, a an ender right there. But David Robertson, 4-3 and three last year, 2.40 ERA. Career, 2.89 ERA in 700 and 31 games out of the bullpen. We all know him most in his time in New York with the New York Yankees. He won a World Series in 2009 with the Yankees. 
14-year major league career, and the hope is that he can bring some of that magic that he had with the Yankees and the Phillies. I mean, he's playoff-tested. That's why I wanted to bring him in at the trade deadline. But look at it now, right? We have him now just paying him, whereas the Phillies had to give up a prospect for him. The Phillies at that time, I'm sorry, not the Phillies, the Cubs, uh, got a prospect for him. The Phillies had to give up a prospect, and the Mets don't have to do that. The Mets just have to pay him money, and that's kind of nothing right now for Steve Cohen. I wanted to check out his splits because someone mentioned that he's really good against lefties, and I didn't get a chance to check it out before I came on the air to talk to you guys. So let's break down and see where he's at with his splits here. How? Look at this. Right-handed batters are batting 220 against him. Left-handed batters, 187. He's actually better against lefties than he is righties. And that's only going to help, especially with Brooks Raley uh, being also that lefty specialist. You got two guys in there that can get left-handers out. You got Edwin Diaz, who last year basically got almost everybody out. The bullpen is shaping up. It really is shaping up next season. You're going to have Drew Smith out there as well. I'm pretty sure Tyler McGill or David Peterson, Joey Lucchese, Eliezer Hernandez. Jeff Brigham, I'm pretty sure they're going to be in it as well. And this is a guy I want you to look out for. I've been, you know, really pushing for the Mets to bring this guy into the bullpen. Steven Nagosik. He pitched very well last season in his little spurts coming in and out, uh, up and down from the minors. I really think this is a guy to look out for. It's a guy that should get an opportunity to make this bullpen out of spring training. And it would help the Mets a whole lot in not having to worry about signing more bullpen pieces. And obviously it works for depth. So hopefully this bullpen comes together strong like it did last year, but even better because now we got guys that get lefties out. So it was a wild week, and the Mets are not even done. They're still looking into another starting pitcher, Kode Sanga, Chris Bassett, Ross Stripling. I'd be surprised if they go after Rodon, but the Mets are still in it for another starting pitcher. As of this podcast recording, there has been no signings yet, but the Mets are really, really in on Kodai Singer. They really like him, and they're hoping that they can get that deal done. Hopefully that they could get that deal done before Christmas, or maybe within the next week, maybe this weekend. Um, and I think if they do go for offense, they will try to make a trade for a bopper, a power hitter, because it doesn't make sense for them to now go after pitching. You know, this team, the way it has been constructed reminds me of the those late 90s Yankees starting in 96 where they got all these mercenaries to pitch and were building a core from within with their position players right so you got you know you got your Alonzo McNeil um you got Lindor now who's going is a core player and now you got Brandon Nimmo staying right and kind of like how and I'm not comparing these players the same I'm just saying how it's structured right you know you had your Jeters O'Neal uh, Posada, uh, you had um, Bernie Williams, those core guys, and then they would bring in pitching, right? They bring in their Jimmy Keys, they bring in their David Cones, even later in the 90s, Roger Clemens, David Wells, right? All these guys were brought in to pitch. So that's kind of how I feel like this is shaping up, and we'll, we'll see when it comes season. I can't wait now to get to spring training in February and to start getting ready for this season. Now, before this train leaves the station, there were some other moves, some minor moves. The Mets signed Tommy Hunter, Sean Reed Foley, and Jimmy Yacobonis 
to minor league deals. And all I can say is bullpen depth. You can never have enough bullpen depth. Tommy Hunter pitched so far two seasons for the Mets. He kind of went out with injuries both seasons. But 2021 did not give up a run in only four games. 18 games last season. 2.42 ERA. He's coming back. Good to have him back. Sean Reed Foley, who's coming off of Tommy John surgery, and he was traded in that Steven Matz trade with the Toronto Blue Jays. For a 5.40 ERA with the Mets last season in only seven games before he got hurt. Uh, 2021 with the Mets, 5.23 ERA. Jimmy Yacobonis, who I think he played under Buck Showalter in Baltimore, he has a career ERA of 6.03 in 118 innings pitched. Last season, 1-1 one one with an 8.36 ERA for the Tampa Bay Rays and the Miami Marlins. Maybe there's something that Jeremy Hefner can do with him to turn him around, to get him to be the pitcher he needs to be. We know what Jeremy Hefner has done with the pitching staff, and definitely there's been a lot of help too from Max Scherzer and, and watching Jacob DeGrom those times last year. You always saw them huddling together, and I'm pretty sure the bullpen, you know, take notes as well. And the last two years, the bullpen has been pretty, pretty decent. Definitely better last year. But the year before that, before all the injuries, they were doing pretty well. And that's with a not elite Edwin Diaz, who was elite this season. Trevor Williams signs with the Nationals. Two years, 13 million. Little upset about this one. I really wanted Trevor to come back. Uh, I know the Mets wanted him back. He wanted to start. So let's see if he does get to start for Washington. We Trevor Williams came in that trade with Javi Baez from the Chicago Cubs in 2021. Last season, 3-5 and five with a 3.21 ERA. 89 and two-thirds innings pitched. He had 84 strikeouts. He started 9 out of 30 games. He's your journeyman. He's your, you know... Long man, swing man, however you want to call it. But he provided so much as being that glue from the rotation to the bullpen of what the Mets needed last year. And the Mets will probably fill that role in-house with Tyler McGill, David Peterson, Joey Lucchese, or Eliza Hernandez, who they got from the Miami Marlins this offseason. You got your Rule 5 draft that took place. 27th overall pick, Zach Green from the New York Yankees. He's 26 years old. We're going to look at his stats right now. 2022, he was 9-0 with a 3.42 ERA in 48 games. He started four of those games and had 96 strikeouts in 68 and a third innings pitched. Could be a bullpen piece. That's another guy, right? We're talking about bullpen depth, right? And the Mets are building this bullpen depth that hopefully can get them into the postseason again. Because the bullpen is going to be just as important. We know now, going in with those two top starters, they may not go seven innings every game. And so you're going to have to rely on these bullpen pieces. And to have as much as the Mets have right now, and it keeps growing, very important. You look at the rest of the draft and always look at what Jacob Resnick puts out there. Always look at what Michael Mayer puts out there and Joe DeMeo. Those are the guys, especially for a guy like me, who honestly, I don't follow the minor leagues extensively. Outside of the big names, I don't. I'll be honest with you. So I look up to these guys, Jacob Resnick, Joe DeMeo, Michael Mayer, these guys who you know put everything out there for us. 
So I'm pulling up Jacob Bresnik's tweet recapping the Rule 5 draft. We talked about Zach Green from the New York Yankees. That was in the MLB phase. In the minor league phase, they selected Wilkin Ramos from the Pirates, Augustine Ruiz from the San Diego Padres. Ramos is a right-handed pitcher. Ruiz is an outfielder. They also selected infielders Jonathan Arroez from the Baltimore Orioles, infielder Mateo Gill from Colorado, and they lost right-handed pitcher Trey Cobb to the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, they also were lucky enough not to lose Mangum because everyone wanted him, Jake Mangum, everyone wanted him to be that outfielder if Brandon Nimmo didn't return. So he kind of was put into the Rule 5 draft. He wasn't put on the 40-man roster, and no one took him. So the Mets got to keep him for a couple of days before they sent him to the Marlins to finish off the trade that brought Jeff Brigham and Eliza Hernandez here. A lot of information. I hope that this all helped out, this recap and reaction episode of Subway to Shape podcast. I'm always excited to do things like this, especially for you guys. You know, when you get into the offseason, especially during playoff times, there's not a lot to talk about except recapping the season. And I don't like recapping sad seasons. I mean, it wasn't a sad season, right? They won 101 games, let's be honest. But the way it ended was sad. That's what I meant. So it's nice to now get back in there, get into free agency, get into trades, and start talking about that as we head into Christmas. You got January off, and then February we're off and running into spring training for the New York Mets. Your New York Mets. And right here we're going to wrap it up. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Subway to Shea. You can listen to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Pocket Casts. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. If you're a new listener to this podcast, welcome and thanks for joining. I hope you consider subscribing on any of these platforms that I just mentioned to you a few seconds ago. And make sure to tell your fellow Met fans. Let them know that this is one of the Mets podcasts to listen to. If you've been a supporter this whole time, I can't thank you enough. This show wouldn't be where it is without you. Subway to Shea is global, which means that this podcast is not only played in the United States, but also has reaches across the globe. So no matter where you listen, please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week for you. So go on Apple Podcasts, go on Spotify, and rate the show from one to five stars. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can leave comments in the review section. It only helps to make this show better each and every week. Don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple. Mentioned it earlier. Rising Apple is a New York Mets site on the fan side and network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com or checking out the links in the description of this week's podcast episode. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising Apple Blog and the fan sided network at fan sided. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I appreciate you all so very much. And that will do it for this week's podcast. Don't forget, listen, subscribe, share, and review. For Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to Subway to Shea. Always remember, let's go Nets.